Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, a big event is coming up next month. August 28th is the 60th anniversary of the 19, August 28th, 1963 March on Washington, D.C. for Jobs and Freedom, where Dr. King gave his uh, famous I Have a Dream speech. And it also led to us getting our civil rights in 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And as we all know, at the current political uh, status right now, all of that is under attack, and it's time for us to rise up again to regain uh, what we have gained in the past. We have to fight for it in the future and make sure that people understand our history. And to that point is uh, my guest, Hayward Evans, who is co-convener of the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration Committee, and one of the leaders uh, in organizing the August 28th event in Seattle in Martin Luther King Jr. County. And anything pertaining to Martin Luther King, uh, you will hear about it because we're in Martin Luther King Jr. County. So, hey, why don't you give our listeners an update on what's going to happening right now and uh, what is going to be going on? First, uh, thank you for having me on your show, show Eddie. Uh, what, what the committee did, the committee said that this should be, because it's the 60th anniversary, it's more than just one event for an hour and a half. This is going to be a series of events. We're looking at... Uh, August 26th, under the leadership of Tana Yasu, under her leadership, a youth program, Saturday the 26th, at the, uh, tentatively at the African American Museum. And uh, it's going to focus panel discussion, job opportunities. I know Claude uh, Burfecht said he was going to bring in a lot of the unions and trades, well-paying jobs, but to focus on young adults in our community making sure they're having all the opportunities. And then also, I was gonna throw out there, Eddie, the diversity of uh, ethnic dishes. If we can feed the young people, could be, because again, Dr. Davis, I believe said, we have to have incentives for them built into the program. So I know Tana's uh, developing that whole system. Then on Sunday, and this is from Kevin Allen, Mr. Labor Leader in the Black Community and Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, uh, a march and rally, marching from NAM, the Northwest African American Museum, to Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Memorial Park, uh, approximately three o'clock. It hasn't been finalized yet. It will be at the next meeting on Tuesday. But marching from uh, NAM down to Martin Luther King Jr. Park, park, approximately a half a mile, a little more than a half a mile. Uh, K.O. Shannon has agreed to take care of the log logistics which I feel great about. She's the one who does all the marches for years, Eddie, you know this, yeah, um, for the uh, event in January on Martin Luther King holiday. And then on, on Monday, the actual 60th anniversary of the March on Washington, we're looking to have a, have a panel discussion at NAM, open community concept, question and answers, the elected officials and community leaders, and put them on the spot, community-based outcomes to the challenges that are being presented because of the uh, uh, Supreme Court decisions. How can you overturn affirmative action? Eddie and I, as you always say, how can you have all these black football players and basketball players running around at a university that doesn't have any black students there academically? And they're not contributing money towards our community. Why isn't a percentage of their dollars set aside to go into black banks, to go back into the black community? These are issues that we have to address. And, and health care deficits, health care inequities, those are critical issues that, that our community needs to look at. 
And so that's what we're looking forward to uh, doing at, at the events over the next, well, on August, starting August 26th through the 20th. And you know, the, uh, the, in Washington, D.C., they'll be gathering on Saturday, August 26th as well. Uh, I've talked to several people back there, and they're expecting to have a few thousand people show up in Washington, D.C., and they're doing it on Saturday, August 26th. Uh, we'll have some of those folks on the air over the next couple of weeks. But uh, you mentioned uh, one key thing, and that's uh, economic parity. And it is, uh, you know, we've seen it over and over again, four or five black players on a college team on the court and two or three black faces in the student section. And uh, the NC2A, the NFL, and the NBA, uh, this is dominated by African-American players. And you're right. That some, some of that money, some of those contracts from those teams, some proceeds need to come back to our community. And uh, it's not happening, and it should be happening. And uh, it's really unfortunate. Uh, you know, we keep seeing about affirmative action being under attack, under attack everywhere except for where Black folks is making white institutions money. And, uh, I, and it includes the University of Washington. Right. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Mario Bailey, who's been uh, – uh, designated as vice president for uh, community engagement with the Seattle Seahawks, want to have a serious conversation with him. I've had a conversation with uh, Spencer Haywood and Lenny Wilkins about doing something that's really dramatic, and that is is that uh, you know we have a lot of business doing the People's Republic of China, uh, and I don't know if any black businesses doing business in the People's Republic of China, but the NBA is the most popular sport in in the People's Republic of China. So if it's good for KFC, McDonald's. Uh, Nike, uh, General Motors, and Microsoft, how come it's not good for brothers and sisters to also tap into that, especially when we have ambassadors like players uh, in the NBA that, uh, you know, that uh, they they watch 150 million people. And that's quite a, uh, you know, uh, if, they, if they're ingratiated with the NBA, I think uh, that's what calls for a trade mission. Now, I spoke with uh, Congressman Gregory Meeks, who was a former chair of uh, the House Foreign Relations Committee, and uh, we're going to continue our conversation. Uh, he's saying our businesses are not being treated fairly, but how many black businesses are we talking about? When I talk about our, I also include Africa, African descent, United States businesses as well. So we just can't say all uh, majority businesses and leave us out of the equation all the time. So those are some issues that I think we can have get some traction on. Uh, hey, uh, what else do we have on the agenda? What's being discussed? Uh, the meetings are held uh, on Zoom. Uh, we've uh, sent uh, quite a few invites out to people. I know as we get closer to the date, uh, we'll have more participation, but things are being organized right now. So what can people do right now to get engaged? Well, the, the next meeting is going to be Tuesday, August 1st, 11 a.m. For, for those folks who are in the listenership who would like to be a part of it, please email me, Hayward, H-A-Y-W-A-R-D, MLKCC, Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, MLKCC at gmail.com. Again, Hayward, H-A-Y-W-A-R-D, MLKCC at gmail.com, and we'll make sure that you have an invite to the meeting. All the community is respected. We'd like to hear your opinion. What do you think? I know that with, with Tana and the youth program, I see it as a fantastic program. I was talking to Luis Navarro today from the Port of uh, Port of Seattle. They're excited about being part of it with their workforce development program. 
And uh, I know that Claude Burfeck, again, with uh, on the uh, executive committee of uh, Martin Luther King County Labor Council, are looking at a lot of the unions being there, electrical union, carpenter union, all, all these unions being there. So if y'all looking for a job or looking for apprenticeship opportunity, you, you need to get engaged, need to get involved. But again, that's going to be on Saturday at NAM, And then Sunday, the March and Rally, we need to show the world. We need to show everybody, hey, the struggle is on. We're under attack by the Supreme Court. And if we don't get busy, nobody's going to get busy for us. Absolutely. And the fact that we're uh, reside in the only municipality named for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the country, possibly the world, we should be in the forefront of anything fighting for economic and racial justice because of the fact of uh, this is Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. County. Uh, that's why you mentioned this job thing. I want to also th throw out that uh, the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle, they're hosting a job event with Sound Transit on Monday, uh, July 31st. It's going to be at their Urban League's uh, Resource Center at 901 Rainier Avenue South. So there's another opportunity. The other thing I want to mention here is we had a young brother on who is a technology genius. D uh, yeah. will also be there talking about technology. And we'll also have some other folks talk about technology as well, uh, in addition to having folks on the trades. And hey, what about the uh, uh, MLK, Martin Luther King, and the uh, Gandhi uh, uh, Empowerment Initiative? Did you just mention that in there? Oh, yeah, we'll have, definitely have some information about that as well, too. So once again, hey, why don't you give that information? The next meeting will be uh, on and, and, and uh, on uh, Tuesday uh, at, at 11 o'clock, and there'll be a meeting every week. And we're also asking people at, at, at churches and stuff to organize yeah. uh, and make sure that, you know, they uh, the word is put out about uh, what uh, this march on, uh, on Washington in 1963 meant to us. And as we see right now with the political climate, uh, our history, don't, people don't want to talk the truth about our history. And also they want to ignore the contributions of African descendants of the United States enslaved. Like uh, Ron DeSantis out of Florida, his grand, great grandfather sailed by the Statue of Liberty in 1909. So a lot of black folks did a lot of things before Ron DeSantis' grand, great grandfather sailed by the Statue of Liberty. As a matter of fact, we were here long before they was even thought of the Statue of Liberty. You know, so, even. In the last meeting, if I, if I may, even in the last meeting, Elmer Dixon made it clear. The, the history books down in Florida, they're talking about positive benefits of slavery for, for the, African, the African descendants of the United States enslaved. They're saying positive benefits and they got skills being a slave. Get the heck I tell out you of what, uh, Elmer Dixon also has proposed having a book burning party of those. Uh, of those books with that misinformation. And I'm gonna encourage you to do that. So, hey, well, we're gonna to go to uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Linda Smith, the pastor of Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Baptist Church. Uh, Dr. Smith is on the line right now, has a stellar resume, has taken care of poor folks, homeless people. She's done everything. And she's also is a professor at the, uh, the School of Theology at Seattle University. So Dr. Linda M. Smith, thank you very much for being here. And we just like to hear some comments about you. But you got to get off mute, though. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wright, hey. for having me here today and amongst my esteemed colleagues. Um, I'm excited to be a part of, of, of helping to organize um, um, the celebration of 
uh, on, on Washington, but because it's important to speak truth to power. As Dr. King reminded us that silence is a betrayal of our soul. And if we don't continue to give voice to the issues of injustice, justice will never be realized. So um, I think for, for me, it's important for us to realize that the dream is not has not yet been realized. And the handwriting is on the wall. And as you so eloquently stated, we witnessed the recent Supreme Court decisions that have sought to undermine and, uh, and overturn some of the major decisions that impact our lives, particularly Black people. Um, and so and it's important for us to remember and celebrate. Remember and celebrate um, our history re reinforces our identity as a people of God. And, and I'm a prophetic leader. And I believe that as, as pastors, as spiritual leaders in the community, we have to continue to give voice on these issues of injustice, as Dr. King did, because that is what, you know, sort of uh, gives us the ability to rise up and to be able to overcome uh, the impact. So I think for me, um, you know, we still have education inequities, home ownership, reparation, mass uh, incarceration, police brutality. And so these things are still happening. And so I think it's important for us as, as our elders, I call myself an elder, but our young people have to get on board. We have to unite together. We're more powerful together than we are separated. So I'm grateful for those of you uh, like yourself and and Mr. Hayward and all of those who've continued to give voice to these issues. And I just uh, uh, believe that we also have to continue to speak truth to power. Our social responsibility calls us to recognize racism as a sin and to affirm the worth of all. And, and each one of us, as we move forward, our action have to be beyond performative advocacy and symbolic expression of solidarity to action that challenge these unjust systems and the sin of racism. So I'm just, you know, I'm just here. I'm grateful to be at the table. I thank you for inviting me to the table. And so I, I'm organizing, uh, which we'll talk about on Tuesday, a, 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 a gathering of, of, of our pastors and leaders um, and so that we can continue to give rise to these issues. Um, we can no longer hide behind the doors. We have to be visible. We have to give voice. And when we don't talk, they don't do anything. So um, we have to just continue to stand firm on that. So that's you're sort of where right. I stand. You absolutely right, Reverend Dr. Linda Smith, because if, if you're if you're out of sight, you're out of mind. That's right. That's and right. We have to show up uh, in places like city council meetings, county council meetings, and making sure that our voices are heard. But uh, Reverend Dr. Linda, you have such an esteemed background and uh, what you've been doing and what you're currently doing. Can you share with our listeners about some of the work you've done? Uh, yeah, so particularly important, uh, well, I mean, a lot of work around, um, like you say, being active at, at city council meetings is so important. And so here um, in the city of Renton, we've um, initiated what we call a rise racial investment to secure equity and it's four pillars black home ownership black education black healthy community and black entrepreneurship and that is to continue to to elevate the issues of inequity for like you know contracting uh here in the city of Renton and it sort of mirrors itself across the land 
that, you know, there are very few Blacks that are getting many of the city contracts and government contracts, which, you know, we're entitled to those as well. So, um, you know, so those are some of the things that we've been working on is trying to uh, make the plan t table e uh, even. And you're you're absolutely right, Mr. Wright, when we don't speak up. So when we initiated these and then they thought for a moment we were silent about it, they did nothing on it. So we have to continually uh, give voice. We have to continually be at those city council meetings and, and showing up to make uh, these uh, um, issues a reality and keep attention on matters of injustice. Now, you also did a lot of work uh, in, in the city of Renton with uh, the homeless population. Would you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I, I initiated along with a, 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 a other organization. We turned the old city jail in Renton into a daycare center. Um, I had worked uh, in downtown Seattle for many years um, and found that there were many families from Renton and South King County that did not have access to homeless uh, services, uh, did not have access to shelter space. So we took the old city jail collect uh, collectively with a group of community leaders and, and created that day center and then partnered with local churches to pick uh, people up until we could find a place uh, for them to live. So that's still uh, active and well in, in the center of hope. And uh, it's no longer in the city jail, but it's moved to a local church. But it's still meeting a need for people who otherwise would not be able to access important services in order for them to be able to rise above and move forward into a, a long-term sustainable living. And you're also uh, uh, on the faculty of uh, the Seattle University School yeah. of Theology. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, that's no longer because the actually School of Theology and Ministry, believe it or not, just closed its doors. Okay. And I was a coach for uh, pastors and pastoral leaders uh, and helping them to uh, really to work towards being transformative leaders in, in, in the community. So I, my focus, the work that I did was to really work alongside of local pastors uh, who were going through the School of Theology ministry to look at ministry from a perspective of, of social change um, as well as, you know, the spiritual change. But the social change is so important in terms of us as pastors in the, in, in the community. And uh, now you are the pastor of the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Baptist Church, and that was founded by the, what, Reverend Dr. Leon Jones? Reverend Dr. Leon C. Jones, yes, yes. Uh, uh, very powerful uh, person advocating for justice in our community. And certainly that spirit lives on. Um, and at, at uh, Martin Luther King, what we're trying to do is really, uh, really go back and elevate issues around injustice. Be that we want to mirror the name that 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 we that's under our umbrella, and to uh, mirror the work of working in the community. Um, educating the community, uh, voters registration, keeping people informed because our lives as, as spiritual people uh, is, is as much as our social. So we can't be real spiritual if we're not socially grounded and working towards the eradication of social injustices. So I'm really excited about where we are and what we're going to do. And so we're planning uh, some events and, um, along with this, um, you know, trying to create some panels and things where we can bring people in 
reinstituting the youth law and justice form to help address some of the violence in our community and those things that really brings life uh, uh, to our community. And uh, why don't you give uh, our listeners, people who hear, hear you right now, why don't you let them know where the church is located? Uh, the, lo the church is located in Renton, Washington, 4219 uh, Northeast 10th Street, Renton, Washington. Um, yeah, and the thank service you. times are when? Our, our service times time start at 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, every Sunday. So look forward to having people join us and, and work in the community. Well, Reverend Dr. Linda, I want to thank you very much for your contributions that you are making and the contributions you will make uh, in the future. And uh, we look forward, to, uh, Hayward and I look forward to seeing you on the call uh, on uh, on Tuesday morning at 11. And this time you will get the link. I, <laughs> so you got the Zoom link. So I know I, I got the right email address. So I'll make sure that you're on you're on board with that as well. So uh, thank you very much, Dr. Lynn. You're welcome to hang on as long as you want to. Because we got, after this break, the, the dynamic civil rights, they would call him the knight in shining armor when it came down to civil rights legis uh, cases. That's uh, the distinguished Lim Howe. So Eric, we're going to take a break and come back with with the, uh, the civil rights attorney emeritus, Lim Howell. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, Visit us at soundtransit.org. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. We'll be back at Urban Forum Northwest with Eric Spinning, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And our next guest is the distinguished civil rights attorney, Emeritus Lim Howe. So, uh, Lim, you were actually at the march in uh, August 28, 1963. And Raymond Miller reminded everybody August 28th was selected because that was the date that Emmett Till was killed. So that's why they chose that date. So Raymond, I want to thank you for giving giving us that information. So Lim, do you share with us a little bit about the experience of being in Washington, D.C., August 28, 1963? Well, you know, Eddie, I'm also grateful because I didn't know that until you told me that a couple of days ago, that that date was chosen because it was tied in with Emmett Till's murder. And so that that. See, you learn, you know, as you continue to exist in the 
this life, you learn things. And I learned, so I'm grateful for that information. Well, it was a lovely day. And uh, I went down with uh, social workers from New York who had rented a bus. I was working in the summer as a law clerk for the, uh, the uh, federal agency in New York. And I didn't tell them I was taking the day off. I'm afraid they tell me I couldn't do it. So I just didn't show up to work that day. I showed up early in the morning and, and this bus took us down to uh, uh, D.C. My brother was a New York cop and he was a guardian. Um, the, the New York, the blacks in the New York Police Department are called guardians. And he was a monitor that day for it. But I didn't see him there. But anyway, it, well, hell, there were 250,000 people. No wonder I didn't see him. Anyway, uh, my wife's cousin was married to a friend who later married a friend of mine. And the three of us went down to, uh, to D.C. And here it was just an era of good feeling. Everybody was just smiling and happy. And we should remember the theme was jobs and freedom. Now, freedom covered a whole multitude of sins, police brutality. It covered uh, a discrimination in housing. It covered a whole, so to shorten it, they said jobs, which we needed, and freedom. And that was the theme. And A. Philip Randolph was the grand poopa who was really the president of the group, all the civil rights organizations, CORE, NAACP, SNCC, uh, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the uh, uh, and the group that uh, was headed by the students, the students, nonviolent coordinating That's committee. Yeah. yeah, so it was great. And the speeches, Mahalia Jackson sang, and speeches were made. And I still remember Lena Horne saying, freedom now. That's all she said, freedom now. And I was really right up front by the Lincoln Monument and looked back at the whole sea of faces that were there. And I'll tell you, I have never been moved like that as when Martin Luther King Jr. ended his speech so that we'll be able to say at last, like that old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. Every, it was like a transforming experience, like everybody's spirit went up. It was just amazing. He had a way of capturing the cloud, you know, and people don't realize what a great, great philosopher MLK Jr. was and what a student of philosophy and history he was. But he was a very bright man uh, who gave great leadership to the movement. And he got it from Gandhi's uh, uh, nonviolence opposition to the British when India got its independence in 1948. So when he made a trip to India, he said, others, I go to other countries as a visitor, 
I come to India as a pilgrim when he visited uh, India. And he was a little taken back when at one spot, when he went to see the untouchables, the speaker introduced him. He is like us, an American untouchable. And, you know, here he had been with prime ministers and so forth, so he was a little taken back. But yet when he thought about it, he realized that it was right. We were America's untouchables. And uh, Eddie, I, I want to tell you, the more we can keep alive any memories of uh, the evils of slavery and discrimination, the more it is, because there are those, especially in Florida, who want to rewrite history. And to say, well, you know, slavery had its benefits. Can you believe that? You really have to be sick to to do that. But that's what they're trying to do in Florida. I, I, I it's it's just amazing to me that. Well, you know, Liam, were... uh, Elmer Dixon is planning on the August twenty eighth event. Is planning or sometime during that time to have a book burning party to burn some of those books in Florida that's being. Uh, circulated so anyway i think he's going to purchase 10 or 15 so we can have a book burning party you know you talk about a book burning does that remind you of uh, germany before world war ii in the 30s where they burned books and that uh, this business of deciding what can be taught the government deciding what can be taught in school just smacks of an autocratic state that is very, very dis disconcerting. I, I really, I thought we were safe. We had crossed that bar, but we aren't. It's just like the motto of the ACLU. The price of liberty is eternal vigilance or we'll slip back into those dark days. But I, I have a beef uh, uh, with, with uh, not only black people, with Americans. This president that we have is doing everything he can. He has done more appointments of black people, black women, Kamala Harris, the black uh, uh, press secretary, black women as ambassador to the UN, uh, appointing a black woman to the Supreme Court, Katanji Brown Jackson. He's got, uh, uh, he appointed blacks to the, uh, Court of Appeals, black women to the Court of Appeals. Uh, in fact, the head of the budget is a black woman. That's right. Yes. And, and what I don't know what more that Biden could do. When he signed the uh, Emmett Till anti-lynching bill, he said it was one of his greatest uh, moments yeah. and so forth. This guy is fantastic. He's on top of everything. He, he's he got the NATO countries united. You know, we forget. That's the trouble. Americans have a very short memory. I don't know why his approval rating isn't soaring out of sight. The economy is going gangbusters. There's low inflation. They should be just singing his praises. Well, Lim, uh, that, I, I thank you for the history lesson. Uh, and we look forward to you being involved uh, over this weekend. 
of the of the August 28th uh, event, the 60th anniversary. Haywood mentioned earlier there'll be a series of events that the committee is working on, and we definitely want to have you uh, in some place do a uh, interview. So not only that information that be dispensed for that particular day could be chronicled, so that it could be passed on to, for generations. So thank you very much for your time, Lim. How we appreciate you. Now we got an Air Force veteran coming up next, who is chair of the NAACP Area Conference Armed Service and Veteran Affairs Committee, and also president of the Sam Bruce chapter of the Tuskegee Airmen, Raymond Miller. So welcome in, Raymond Miller. Good morning, good afternoon, Mr. Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. How you doing? Well, we just want to hear about uh, uh, your participation and what your ideas and suggestions are. Well, my you were on the meeting. You were on the meeting, so I was on the meeting share with our, our listeners uh, a little bit about what you heard uh, on, at uh, during the last season. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what we I heard so much good things about coming out of what the Martin Luther King County. As you know, I live in Snohomish County, and I'm the former vice president of the Snohomish County branch of the NAACP. So y'all, all y'all good work is done, and we decided that here in Snohomish County, we will do something on this uh, for the uh, 60th anniversary of the March on Washington for 1963. So here in Sonomish County, we're gonna do, uh, uh, we're having a, a rally um, or, or a commemoration out in our uh, uh, Sonomish County Courthouse Plaza on uh, August the 26th. Uh, we're also gonna have our, uh, on the 27th, we're gonna have our, our ministers, um, uh, gather and give some talk about it at, at part of their sermons on that Sunday morning. And then on the 28th, we're going to have a um, uh, a video conference where we're going to uh, um, show the speech, show my, Dr. King's speech. And then we're going to have a question and answer period for people, people on, online with that. Uh, I'm really impressed with what, what folks are, what you're doing in uh, King County. And you have uh, uh, pushed us to do something in Stohomish County as well. And the NAACP has sponsored it, along with the Stohomish County Black Heritage Committee, and along with the um, uh, Black Boy Boeing, Black, Black Employees Association. We're all going to help out on that with a couple of other organizations that we have been working with here in Stohomish County. And of course, we will continue to be uh, work with our, our brothers and sisters in uh, King County and Martin Luther King County to uh, help with your event as well as much as we possibly can. So um, that's what's going on. There's a lot of work. I'm really I'm really impressed that on uh, July 26th, you got the youth. I think it was youth 25 and under are actually organizing the event on Ju August the 26th there in King County, which is very, very good. And then the march on the, uh, from the uh, African-American Museum to the uh, King uh, Park, Memorial Park, it's very impressive, and then you're doing something on Monday the 28th as well. So uh, there's a lot going on that we got to really make sure. And and, and uh, back in DC is uh it's the the theme of the march, which uh, back in DC on the 26th is um, not a commemoration but a continuation. And as we march on, so uh, and the things that have happened with the Supreme Court, with the Supreme Court, what the folks down in uh, Florida is doing about making sure that thinking that slavery was a, a jobs program, that uh, <laughs> that it would be to be in slaves was beneficial in some way. It's really, really crazy what they're doing down there. But it's not just, it's not just Florida. 
and not just Ron DeSantis. And, uh, we had a former president who is is um, really pushing that as well. And there's other states. We got to look at Oklahoma. We got to look at things going to Oklahoma for for one that's doing some some crazy stuff. And we got the Supreme Court that's packed with conservatives who are doing everything in their power to take. They already in. They've got it, uh, Civil Rights Act of 1965. Now they're talking about affirmative action and everything else that they can think of that uh, to hindrance uh, Black folks' achievement in this country. Uh, and uh, like Lynn was saying a little while ago, they can't understand why <laughs> they don't love Joe Biden. Joe Biden is doing the right thing for all Americans, and that includes Black people. And he's doing a lot of good things for Black people that that's why they don't like him. That's why his numbers are wrong. I remember that uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida got over 70% of the vote. 70% of the people in in in, uh, in Florida voted for this governor. And uh, Donald Trump got, uh, you know, 65% of the white vote. So um, we got to be careful of what we say and what we do because they're really working to take our uh, rights away as much as possible. And that's why we got to have this 60th anniversary march on Washington and yes, it was part of the reason why they uh, did it on August the 28th was that on August 28th, 1955, they murdered a 14-year-old boy who a white woman claimed had whistled at him. Well, 50 years later, she said she lied about it. But the two guys that murdered him got up in court and said, yes, we murdered him. And they acquitted them anyway. So that's the history of this country. And that was, uh, you know, the... Uh, Emmett Till was the uh, George Floyd of our day back in 1955. That was the, a horrible event. I was five years old and I remember it every day. I remember seeing him in the cassette. I remember the pictures being in Jet Magazine. I was five years old and I remember it like it was yesterday. So uh, it's, it's really uh, important that we do that. Well, see, I spent the first 10 years of my life in Shreveport, Louisiana. So I know what it was like, uh, you know, uh, Anybody who wasn't white, uh, all black people had to ride in the back of the bus. And if you were not black, you rode on the front of the bus. Mm -hmm. If you were not black, you drank out the white water fountain. If you were not black, you uh, sat uh, on the main floor of the movie theater. If you were black, you were in, in the balcony. So I remember all that. I remember putting the money in the little thing to go uh, get on the bus and then go around to get on the back of the bus. Sometimes yeah. the bus yeah. driver would leave us. So yeah. I recall that. That's crazy. Nothing was cheaper. Nothing was cheaper. I mean, they would say charge you the same price, and the people had to walk in the front of the bus, put your money into a little thing, walk off the bus, and go through the back door. That's and, right. And it wasn't any cheaper. It was the same price that everybody else was paying. And, uh, so uh, they didn't give us any break because they made us go to the back of the bus. They didn't give us any break because we couldn't go to the movie theater. We had to sell up in the balcony. Actually, probably the balcony was the better seats, but. Uh, where I look at it back in the day. So, uh, yeah, we experienced all that. Well, in Seattle now, in the 50s, uh, there were no, I think the first black bus ride was hired about 1955. And in the early 50s, uh, there were certain restaurants. And let, matter of fact, the cafeteria Frederick Nelson's blacks were not served. Couldn't try on, blacks couldn't try on clothes right. in, in uh, the stores in downtown Seattle. So we right. had a lot of that right here. We know about the red line, the, the segregation. And now, uh, 50 years later, uh, gentrification and redlining have forced uh, the most valuable parts of the city, the central area, uh, is almost uh, black free now. 
I think yeah. it's about 10 or 15 percent black for, for about 75 or 80 percent black. Right. And all a lot of other ethnic minorities, we were all like in the same area from Chinatown International District uh, all the way up to the, the Collins areas where it was the Japanese community. So we had our own communities. As a matter of fact, blacks didn't live in Holly and Rainier Vista a long time ago. Right. So yeah, we have we know all about what's been happening here as well. But Raymond Miller, we sure appreciate uh, your contributions, and we look forward to continuing to work with you and whatever we can do uh, to make sure we know let the people in Stormish County know what's going on. Keep us surprised, and we'll keep you on the air. So thank you very much. You can hang on. We're gonna take a break and uh, come back. Supposed to have Lewis Rudd on in a minute with the Rub Initiative raising up black businesses. So you guys hang on. Eric, let's take this last break and come back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for Sound Transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, we're back with uh, Lewis Rudd, the president and CEO of Ezel's Famous Chicken. Also, uh, he has uh, had the, the Rub Initiative, which is raising up black businesses and uh Lewis, as a matter of fact, the very first Martin Luther King Jr. March we had in 1983 gave us some free chicken. Free chicken. Been getting these L's every year since then. So that's been 40 years. So, uh, Lewis, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. And why don't you share a little bit about the initiative first before we talk about anything else? Well, Eddie, thank you again, Hayward. Honored to be here still amongst the living and, you know, and hanging out with you. But uh, yeah, you bring back great memories when we think about uh, the Martin Luther King March and Empire way back in the day and uh, providing some chicken legs, extra legs for them to walk on as an incentive to get people to come out and march and to go from maybe three, 500 people to now thousands of people marching for different causes. But, you know, we know what it started out to be about. But anyway, Eddie, uh, the Rudd's Rub Initiative, you know, uh, during the pandemic, it became very uh, apparent uh, that there was major challenges in the Black community with our young Black entrepreneurs and some older seasoned entrepreneurs. And access to capital, access to information has always been a challenge. Reflecting back on when Ezell's got started, it took five years to get a loan. There was all kinds of 
uh, issues with redlining, racism, systemic racism, and social barriers that, you know, made it very difficult and challenging. And I do recall, you know, Ezell just being that guy that had those four Ds, discipline, dedication, determination, and the burning desire to keep that dream alive, to have the business. But, you know, without support, a lot of times Black entrepreneurs just give up. You know, they give out. So the RUB initiative, again, unapologetically focuses on providing support for Black-owned businesses. There's a huge disparity in the um, economic circle when it comes to business owners and when it comes to wealth. And we want to, you know, do our part in helping to bridge that gap. The community has been really, really good to us, you know, going on, like you say, 40 years now in business. Without the community, we're not here. So during that time when we realized the challenges that some of our businesses were faced with, we started the initiative. You know, Eddie, when we were kids growing up, my parents, grandparents, the elders in the community, you fall, hurt something, stomach ache, headache. First thing they do, come here, son, let me rub that for you. You know, <laughs> just the touch of that hand would bring yeah. about a level of comfort. So rub, we're going to put a little rub in the community, you know, through the RUDS Rub Initiative with a focus on trying to help elevate Black businesses and promote Black entrepreneurship. Uh, Lewis, how do people get information about uh, the RUB Initiative? Well, right now, um, there's a website that they can go I'm to and sure. get, that they can go to and get information. Uh, Bobi Black Owned Business Excellence is uh, one of the co-sponsors for the event. Uh, the University of Washington, the Foster School of Business is uh, hosting it this year. There's information on their website. You can go to Ezel's famous chicken website, get information. And um, there uh, will be a press release coming out. We're going to have an ad in uh, the Fax newspaper, the Medium newspaper. But uh, yeah, August 19th. University of Washington Hub. And uh, how, no, you so you get the information off those websites and then the August 19th, that will be at the University of Washington? Yeah, the actual event will be hosted by the uh, Foster School of Business at the University of Washington at the Hub. Okay. And uh, we have the keynote this year, the mayor is going to join us. We have a whole host of panelists and speakers that's going to share information about legal structures, financing, how to capitalize your business, bookkeeping, taxes. I mean, it's going to be information on every aspect of business. It's going to be networking opportunities, meeting and mixing and mingling with um, different ones from different areas of the business sector. And I see uh, Hayward has a, a comment. You got your hand up, Hayward? Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, Lewis, you know, August 28th is the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. On Saturday, August 26th, we're going to be hosting a program at NAM, uh, Northwest African American Museum, that uh -huh. focuses in on young adults and their economic development activities. And if possible, we would love to have you. I like it. I got to present it to the chair, Tana Yahoo, but love to have you involved in that and present some of that information. This is what the young people need to hear. And we're hoping a lot of young adults are there who are in that progressive manner to start to start a business. Is that something we might be able to contact you about? Yeah, send me some information on that. And uh, I should be around still in town after August. 
I'm looking to take a well-deserved, <laughs> in my opinion, vacation, <laughs> spend some time with Lewis. But uh, yeah, let me know. And uh, August 26th, uh, uh, mark your calendar, please. Okay, we'll be in touch before that's next month. So we'll be in touch before that. I just while you said that, also the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle are having a event with Sound Transit, uh, a hiring event. It's going to be Monday, July thirty first at one o'clock at the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle's Resource Center at nine hundred one Rainier Avenue South. And while I'm doing that, I want to thank Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion for their support. The City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Department, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office. And SeaTac Bar Group LLC. They got the brothers that got the African Lounge at the Mountain Room Bar out in Concourse A. So I want to give them a shout out. So Louis, uh, you guys, you continue to do fantastic things. Uh, we really appreciate everything you're doing. As Hayward just mentioned, we'll have some folks uh, available. In uh, uh, matter of fact, I got I can't remember D, the uh, technology guru who we had on the call on Tuesday. So we'll have a call Tuesday uh, at eleven o'clock, a Zoom call. Okay, we'll be invited to because we'd like to uh, have you also talk to that. And also, Tana Yasu is one of the people who stepped up to the plate to help organize this youth event. So okay. we need to get that information. The quicker this information gets to the younger people, the better chance they have of succeeding because right. they don't you know, get started, go down the, the track a little ways and then run into some kind of trap. So uh, it's good to have that kind of information. So. Lewis, tell us a little bit more about Ezels now, because you've been very successful. How many stores do you have? I mean, I think you're in Abu Dhabi and <laughs> around the world. We actually, we actually opened one in Dubai. It was a franchise. Dubai, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's actually it was a franchise unit. It's no longer operating today, but it was a great experience, great opportunity. We learned a lot from that. We're currently at 17 units right now. We have one in Oregon. And the next furthest one away is in Spokane. Um, we've got five corporate stores with the uh, corporate entity. And then under that, we've got the franchise division where there's 12 franchise units. And we've been working on the last three to four years on building out the team with the focus on being able to go out and grow in different markets around the country. So we've been looking at different opportunities outside of the Seattle market, which is one of the very toughest markets there are to survive in business. You know, it's really tough doing business here. But we've got a lot of attention now from investors, other operators that want to partner with us. But we want to make sure we have our house in order first, mm -hmm. that we operate and move from a position of strength. and. Um, go out and make a, you know, make a difference in other parts of the uh, country. Where are you located in the Puget Sound area? So we've got uh, South uh, Tacoma. We've got uh, Woodenville, West Seattle, <laughs> Renton Highlands, Airport Plaza in Renton, uh, Genesee off of Rainier. We got the location on 23rd, the anchor location, the one where it all started at across from Garfield High School where Eddie was. Eddie, I got to tell this story real quick. The one time when they were not going to allow the march to happen, I often tell this story. Eddie got on the radio, Community Potpourri, if I remember, and called the mayor up, put him on the loudspeaker. <laughs> <laughs> say, are you supporting this to shut us down or not? And they 
allowed the march to continue, the rally to continue at the school. They had this trumped up fire marshal uh, restriction or something. But anyway, Eddie, I just want to give you a shout out, though, because I can recall several, several instances, incidents where let's call Eddie because Eddie knows who to call to get involved, to make it happen and to keep the movement moving. But anyway, we got one in Linwood. There's one in Edmonds and uh, Factoria. There's one. We got the one in uh, Bellevue at Evergreen Way and um, 140th there at the Evergreen Village. So, yeah, there's 17 of them out there now, Eddie. And um, we're doing really good. We're over 350 employees now. And, um, again, we're just... We feel like we have that structure now that has the systems, the standards that are scalable. So now we just want to grow within our control. And I, I and I love the working with Faye, your sister. Oh she's, yeah, she's business. a queen. Yeah, she is a queen. Yeah, she's the brains. All she's that hub that all of the spokes run to and from. And you know that's real smart because she's real smart. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, she's Lewis, definitely the center. Yes, indeed. Well, Lewis, I want to thank you today for all the information. And I want well, you and Hayward to hook up with Tana Yasu as well, because I think okay, be well, uh, some information to be dispensed that can really help some people. Yeah. And I also want to take the time to thank uh, Hayward for being here, as always, on top of things. Oh, Reverend yeah. Smith, want to thank her. Reverend Dr. Linda Smith, pastor of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Baptist Church in Renton. Uh, Lim, Lim Howell. Uh, the, a, a civil rights attorney uh, emeritus who also attended the, the 63 March on Washington, and Raymond Miller, who is leading a lot of uh, organizations like the, the Area Conference, the NAACP's uh, Armed Services and Arms uh, Arms and Veteran Affairs Committee, and also president of the Sam Bruce Chapter Tuskegee Airmen, and naturally uh, Mr. Lewis Rudd. So uh, Tuesday, uh, Lewis, we want to have you on the call. Uh, okay. 11 o'clock and we'll get you the link and Reverend Dr. Linda I'll make sure you get the link and Raymond was on the last call so I'm glad he can take whatever we dispense and use the Snohomish County we're encouraging everybody to uh, make sure they get engaged and acknowledge uh, where we have to go what we gained and what we're losing if we don't stand up we will lose everything so thank y'all very much and I'll talk to you on Tuesday thank you Thank you, Thank you, Eddie. All right. Good, everybody.